Hello, listeners. You are back for another latest installment of the Lasso Podcast. This episode, we have a couple things to go over. We got a little bit of a news item. Uh, Maya is going to give us a short little preview of FlameCon. It's coming up in New York City in a couple weeks. And we're going to be going through Wonder Woman Rebirth issue number 27. So let's get right to that news, which actually dropped today as of our recording. Uh, Wonder Woman, the film, has officially gotten its release dates. Uh, It is coming out for digital download on August 29th, and the Blu-ray and DVD release will be coming on September 19th. Oh my gosh, that's so soon. I know, that's why I'm so excited. (laughs) Right? It gives us uh, everybody who, I mean, I know of some people who still haven't seen the movie yet, so they can either just wait and get it when it comes out if they wanted to. Uh, yeah, seriously, my mom was talking to me last night, and she was like, yeah, I wanted to go see Wonder Woman, but it was out of theaters. And I was like, well, Mom, now you can just go see it <laughs> at home. Exactly, yeah. Just go down to wherever you want and pick it up. Uh, I noticed uh, a couple months ago, when it was still in theaters, they obviously have retailers that'll do you know their own special versions and things like that. Uh, I believe Amazon had a special version that... I think it came with, it's coming with a, like a statue or a figure. I might look into pre-ordering that. I'm sure the pre-orders are probably open. Uh, Best Buy usually does uh, special steelbook editions. Steelbooks. So I know they're doing one. I'm such a sucker for steelbooks. Yeah, I have a couple of the Star Wars Blu-ray steelbooks and they're so cool. Like, it's just, they're really nice display pieces to put on, so... I'll have to decide which version of the Blu-ray packages I want to get, depending on price points and all that. Yeah, I'm hoping Target does some prints with theirs again, like they did with, you know, Rogue oh, One yep. with the different mm-hmm. covers. And yeah, uh, I know, like, Finding Dory had a bunch of prints with theirs. Yeah, it's weird to see how different retailers do the same thing, no matter like um, no matter what movie it is. Like Target has usually comes with some sort of arts in them. I know the Force Awakens and Rogue One, they both had special little posters that came with the package. And then Best Buy has uh, the steel books for each movie that comes out. So it's kind of weird how each uh, retailer does the exact same thing, no matter what uh, film is getting put out. But I guess that's for collectors, it's who's complaining yeah i mean it makes sense because otherwise why wouldn't you just buy the digital mm-hmm. version yeah exactly have it available anyway? yeah because you don't want to create a space on a bookshelf if you can save it for other things but with the right do we know anything about the um behind the scenes stuff we're getting uh yes they did uh i actually saw it on tumblr today they released the Blu-ray has obviously a more detailed uh, behind the scenes. They have a couple documentary pieces about uh, Patty and her direction process for certain scenes and moments in the film. I believe they had something that goes into Diana as well as the origin of the Trinity. So sort of 
what the DC Trinity means to the greater overall sort of story throughout the DC universe. So obviously Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman's the Trinity there. Um, I'm trying to think what else they had. Any commentary? I honestly, I don't remember, but I would hope, I would like to see if there was any commentaries. I'm not sure if I it was- I would love commentary with Gal and Chris and Patty. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like, how amazing would that be? Because they, I mean, clearly uh, Steve, I mean, Gal and Chris had dynamite chemistry in the film. So, and I think. Right. And in all their press stuff, they're so cute together. Like, yeah. So funny. <laughs> and I think just from what we've sort of, the guy, they all post sort of short behind the scenes things on Twitter every once in a while. And I guess I mean just from seeing the those sort of short clips that Patty also just had so much fun being able to direct those two. So the, if those three were able to do a commentary, that'd be awesome. Would buy it in a heartbeat. I mean, I'm gonna buy it anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'd actually package. like, <laughs> yeah. So we will maybe do a review on the behind the scenes when that comes out eventually. That's definitely something we could do. Yeah. Um, so coming up next, uh, Maya is going to be going to New York City in next week, right? It's next weekend. Next week, yeah. Next One weekend week from tomorrow for FlameCon. So FlameCon is a comic convention, sort of like many other comic conventions, but this one is also very different from the other comic conventions. So I'll let Maya go into that. Well. Mike was supposed to come with me, but he was like, oh, I have to go to mm-hmm. a bachelor party. Rude. <laughs> uh, so FlameCon is, this is the second year it is, and they it's done by um, a group called Geeks Out, and it is specifically for um, LG, LGBTQIA plus slash queer people, which... I mean, obviously, you don't have to identify as queer to go, but it's specifically to create a space where it celebrates your queerness. And it's very cool. It has all, a lot of programming that's very specific to that, and all of the... a lot of amazing artists go um, for... like because they know that this is a space where <laughs> people will celebrate mm-hmm. what... It, it's just a celebration, really. I'm very excited. I'm only going for one day because someone decided that she needed to have a theater day in New York as well. <laughs> but I'm super excited to see some like amazing artists like Sina Grace, who's on Iceman, and Chris Anka, who's going to be on the upcoming Runaways, um, Sana Manat, who's on Miss Marvel, Kevin Wada, who... Um, he does covers for Iceman, and he does all those like amazing fashion redesigns of yeah, that's of so characters. awesome. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, let's see who else? Amy Chu, who actually wrote um, a Wonder Woman digital comic called for Sensation Comics called Rescue Angel, which is a really amazing story. It's kind of different from what we see in like the actual runs because it's digital only. Like, she was able to explore a different part, which I think it'd be, I th- we'll probably go over that at some point. <laughs> and also, 
uh, and Phil Jimenez, who did uh, Wonder Woman Paradise Lost and Wonder Woman Gods of Gotham, uh, both of which are fantastic. These are from like the early 2000s and they're great stories for Diana. So probably read those at some point once we're all caught up with Rebirth and yeah, starving for content. <laughs> it's, never, it's never ending with the Wonder Woman content. That is true, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it should be a lot of fun. That is a FlameCon sort of little preview. Uh, We're probably going to be doing a specific episode on conventions in general. Uh, We'll probably, whenever whenever we decide that we would like to cover the idea of going over conventions, probably when the convention scene starts up again early next year, it's pretty much winding down for the rest of this year. All that's really left is New York Comic Con for the big ones. So I think figuring... Maybe both of us will end up at ECCC and getting... Mm-hmm. We can do live show there maybe or something. <laughs> no, and then I also want to try to go to C2E2, which is your hometown show. So It is, which is where I saw Greg Rucka this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he has one of our lasso pod pins now. Yeah, that's uh, that's so cool. We gotta we gotta get him uh, the colored version now too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, coming up next is our issue twenty-seven. We'll start off with a short little recap of issue twenty-six, just to refresh in your memory, so you get back into the story, figure out where we are. Uh, Diana gets sort of uh, called back for away from a mission. She's sort of getting some medical tests done just to check in on where she's at after all these missions of these missions she's been on. She's been on like 40 something in a row without taking breaks. So they sort of just want to get uh, status of where she is at. And uh, so then she meets up with Etta throughout the issue and Etta invites her to her uh, Etta's brother's wedding, so they, she gets a little time off to go to the wedding, and she meets a little girl during the ceremony, uh, during the reception, which the girl loses one of her shoes, so she asks Diana to help her find it. So they end up underneath a table, which you know that's where you would lose a shoe. So, um, and they find a ticking time bomb. And that is where issue 26 cuts off with the bomb exploding. So naturally, that is right where issue 27 picks off with. The bomb exploding, actually. Yes, the bomb explodes and Diana smothers it because she has her amazing gauntlets and bracelets that can absorb the blast. So, I mean, sort of absorbs a blast. It still rocks the uh, rocks the wedding. And we get this awesome page where Diana is standing and her wedding attire is like melting off of her. And we reve- get the reveal that her, she was wearing her costume underneath and she's holding on to the lasso and... Destiny, the little girl, is clinging to her, and she's yelling out Wonder Woman, and it's just an awesome page to look at. It's great, because even when she's at a wedding, Wonder Woman is always on duty. (laughs) Exactly. She's always at the ready. Right? 
which so she goes on to clear all the guests from the wedding and the ceiling starts collapsing and it's all very fraught and she realizes she can't find Etta. Yes. She was the Etta was the one lone uh attendee that wasn't accounted for after she stopped the wet uh she stopped the roof from collapsing and uh chandelier came crashing down and when she does find Etta, she is Etta's not in uh, good shape when Diana finds her. No, not particularly. She's got a big old piece of glass in her stomach. <laughs> yes. Not super great. So Diana's like, oh no, we gotta get you to safety. But instead of bringing her to the nearest hospital, she brings her back to the base for Dr. Crawford to mm-hmm. um, look over her because they obviously are the most... Well, they're they're always prepared for everything. Yeah, exactly. And they are able to get the shrapnel out of Etta, and they say that she's in stable condition. But then a Diana starts to have a little bit of a conversation with Doctor Crawford, and we see why the doctor was so seems so off in issue number 26 is because she wanted to get a nice blood sample from Diana for her own. Yes, because Dr. Crawford has something called Royer-Mays syndrome, which is, um, I mean, it's it's a genetic one, but it just kind of like deteriorates the mind and body. And she decided that Amazon DNA is what would cure it. Exactly. So she sort of uses Diana as a unfortunate test subject to get this, get her DNA sample. And she gets it to, she administers it on herself. And she, uh, crossing, um, Crossing brands here, she kind of hulks out. A little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she ends up getting uh, the speed and the power and and um, the like, kind of warrior instincts, the drive that is like not part really of... part of the powers, kind of part of like what comes from stealing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get throughout the Diana and Dr. Crawford have a fight and Diana sort of, she kind of, I don't know if she lost her powers because she, Dr. Crawford took her blood, but she, Diana is not at the top of her game. We'll say that, but. Well, she'd also just sedated Diana. That's true. Yes, that's that's a that's a thing that uh, we yeah, should have mentioned. Which, yeah. Instead of um, using a syringe, she like had these gloves with little barbs on them and just mm-hmm. like grabbed Diana's arm and uh, yeah. very clever, this doctor. Mm-hmm. So they have this fight, and naturally, coming through the fight, Diana realizes that even though. Dr. Crawford has sort of the same powers that Diana has were powers of, you know, her strength and speed. There is something that she cannot take from Diana, and that is her her powers of truth and love and her heart. 
So that is what is Diana is able to use to subdue Dr. Crawford. She uses the lasso, obviously, which is able to cut through uh, with Dr. Crawford and sort of bring her back to normal where they Diana mentions or she realizes that Dr. Crawford can't take the powers from Diana because the la- as the lasso points out it's not true Dr. Crawford doesn't she doesn't have those inherent within the, within her she sort of took them and is artificially trying to use them which right because the powers are a gift from the gods and so the the lasso recognizes that they weren't gifted to her that and so it breaks the it basically, or, no, the lasso realizes mm. that her DNA is not her true DNA. Mm-hmm. That's her what... DNA is lying with the, um, with the spliced genes in them. And that is why it was able to detect it and break it. Yes. And then Dr. Crawford realizes that she doesn't, I mean, the reason that she did this all is just, she doesn't, she's, she curses that she has this illness and she doesn't want to get sicker or weaker she all she wants to do is be strong and capable and she figured that using diana would be able to using diana's abilities would be able to give that to her but obviously diana (laughs) fights her against that and they realize that you can't just make yourself in that image you're Especially with Diana, since obviously the gods were the ones who granted her her powers. So even just even though Diana wasn't really born with them, that the gods sort of through Diana's uh, realization of who she was, the gods granted those powers on her. So then Dr. Crawford stabs herself with a needle. I don't know what was in the needle, but... Some sort of thing to kill herself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it appears that she does uh, take her own life, unfortunately. Which Diana, obviously, Diana doesn't want to... <laughs> that's not part of who Diana is. She, even though they just fought and Dr. Crawford uh, took advantage of Diana with knocking her out and trying to take her DNA from her, uh, Diana still, in the end, wants to try to help and... Dr. Crawford just, she doesn't believe that she can be helped in the end, which is, uh, it's sad, obviously, but... Sad, but she's had relatives who died from it. She was pretty sure it was a death sentence, and this was, like, her last-ditch hope. So, Mm -hmm. it's understandable, but this is clearly gonna resonate with Diana for a while. Yeah. So, once, with a panel where Diana is comforting Dr. Crawford as she passes away is a resemblance to one of the panels back in Rebirth Volume 1 where she, Diana does the same with uh, Barbara Ann when she reverts from Cheetah back into Barbara Ann. It's sort of the uh, same pose that Diana is holding on to uh, Dr. Crawford that she was doing with Barbara Ann which I thought was a nice, a cool little tie-in. Um, and then after that, she goes to see Etta in the hospital. Yes. And brings her cookies, which she tried to make but failed at. <laughs> yes. So she brought store <laughs> Yes, she goes and gets her own store brand because 
Diana obviously says that even though she baked some cookies, they, they didn't turn out too well, which we know that I guess sort of one of the running gags with Diana is that she does not know how to cook or she's not well versed in the cooking on man's world. <laughs> so that's sort of a funny little uh, reference there. Yeah, and then she sees Destiny at the hospital, and Destiny has a new doll, or not new, but the first time Diana's seen it, and her name is Lovely. Yes, that's that's a funny, that's a great name for her doll, which resonates with Diana, obviously, because Diana is lovely, and she stands for love, so it's nice little themes tying through. And then, finally, we get somewhere. It says, it actually says in the issue, elsewhere. So, somewhere else. Um, there is a pretty mean-looking uh, mean looking lady there with a pretty nasty-looking sniper rifle where she receives a message a, that Diana has a wanted notice out on her. So, she has a reward for being captured, dead or alive, which I guess that that's probably where the rest of the story arc's going to lead us. <laughs> right, and this hunter is like, why not dead? Mm-hmm. She realizes how tough of a hunt it's going to be, so she said, "Let's." she figures, let's go with the easy way out and uh, see where that goes. That is going to lead us into issues 28, 29, I'm assuming. Um, issue 27. What did you think of the tying up of the conflict between Dr. Crawford and Diana that we saw the seeds get sown over in issue 26? I mean, I liked it. I'm, I think it's not like the actual tying up of whatever is going on mm-hmm. with the base and everything. Although obviously Dr. Crawford's role is over, but I definitely think there's something else happening at that base. Mm. Okay, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, besides, because back in issue 26, there was another doctor along with um, Dr. Crawford here, and we didn't see him return in this issue, so there's obviously questions remaining if that will come back into play for the rest of the story arc. But yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was a a nice issue. I really like, um, so after Crawford um, sedated Diana, there was a little flashback to... Uh, Themyscira with Diana like in a coliseum mm-hmm. um, fighting Hippolyta, right? Yep. And yeah, it was just there's a a nice um, line like um, it's like Hippolyta was like you cannot ensure peace unless you are willing to bleed for it, and it was like that just it's so Diana mm-hmm. like she obviously like took that message to heart. Oh yeah, like, and then in. Right at the end of the flashback, it's the way that it flows from the flashback back to the present. Uh, it seems like Diana was dreaming of it, and Hippolyta at the end says, get up, warrior. And that is sort of that saying is what brings her back in the present day and gets her to wake up. She So, so she remembers this dream of fighting with her, or training with her mother, and realizing that whatever she needs to do to continue on, she's got to fight for it. So that brings her back to the present. And in 26, like, being a warrior was, like, what Diana wanted. That's why she got rid of her doll. That's Mm -hmm. why she, like, gave up her any notions of childhood. It's because being a warrior was 
the most important. Yeah, with the you know, the Amazons and what they stood for and everything where they need to be always constantly ready and ready to fight and defend against evil. Uh, so it's sort of the two flashbacks and the issues here did nice, they were nice uh, tie-in points where we get to see different moments of Diana's uh, growing up where there's two sort of different stories that uh, went into making who she is back in the present in the series here where she knows who, who... she is and what her issues are. Mm-hmm. Yes. I still think we're definitely going to get some, some like uh, digging into those issues yeah. as we move along in this arc. Yeah, we got, yeah, that's definitely just the way that they set it up in the first issue 26 and then they compounded it on it with the the flashback here and then sort of the inner dialogue the uh, inner monologue i should say that diana had between when she was fighting where she was talking about how she was saying that dr crawford was sort of the way that dr crawford tried to take her powers and resemble her was similar to the way that diana was brought up and raised where she needed to more resemble her mother and things like that so it was pretty interesting to see the sort of parallels that uh shay wrote through the throughout the uh issue here also how freaking cute is little diana's face I know. I like her. I love it. And her hair is so it's every single panel. It looks different. And it's like just like a mop on the top of her head. And it's adorable. I I know. It's so cute. I love (laughs) love little Diana. I hope we get to see more of her in 28 and the rest of the arc. Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, I really like the way that they are doing the flashbacks through the through this uh, story. Uh, Right. They tie in so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The flashbacks themselves tie to each other. They tie into the issues themselves perfectly. It's really interesting to see because obviously in the two Rebirth volumes that we reviewed earlier, we didn't get any, there was no flashbacks or anything like that. So it's sort of interesting to see how uh, one different writer can take Diana and give completely different stories but they all are able to tie into each other because obviously with the flashbacks we see her as a child, then the events in those volumes that we reviewed earlier, they take place before the story that's actually happening in the issue here. So we see how there's this these currents that run through and they match each other so well. So what did you think about the art overall? This was the uh, only issue, well, this was the second and last issue that Mirka and Dolfo will be doing on this uh, story arc. So uh, what did you think of her art in these two issues? I... I love her art. I love, um, I just, I love her faces, especially. I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, that's definitely one of her strong suits is showing her the different and unique uh, facial expressions and how much emotion that she can put into a certain facial expression on one page and go into a completely different one in the next page. And you, you're just completely drawn in and you can feel what the 
what the character is going through just based off of the way that they look, which is something that it's really hard to capture on the on the page, but she does it so well. I mean, I'm sad that she's moving on, although I'm sure Dave Messina is going to be his great art, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how. Do we know if he's doing the remaining three for Shea Fontana's story or if he's just doing the next one? I'm not sure, actually. Okay. I am very bad at looking further ahead than one <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really looked forward to the. I haven't looked in the forward in the uh, releases to see if he was doing the art for the rest or just the next upcoming one. But we will find out when those actually come out. I like being surpri- surprised when I go into the comic shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a fun one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 28 will be out next week. Yes, 28's out next week. We can do a, we will do another review on that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Get to see who this warrior is, or this hunt, bounty hunter. Yes, let's see if she's a... Don't really see too many bounty hunters in the uh dc comics or at least none that i know of yeah i mean i basically only know batman and wonder woman so there could be some out there just outside my yeah. realm of expertise bounty hunting is it's a valid way of life if you're so inclined to that so they make definitely make good villains so we will see if this leads us to the this follows through with the rest of the story arc or if it's sort of the way that it wraps up with just uh if it just wraps up in the next issue if it continues on so we'll be able to see when that comes out i kind of hope it's just the one issue because i like seeing i mean it's heart of the amazon right it's all about diana's struggles and so i feel like i kind of like having a different a different um adversary yeah, a different conflict, conflict issue where they sort of each conflict goes into a character point of Diana where she needs to confront that. Where in the previous issue we got to see her or the the people with her trying to talk to her and walk her through what she was doing with her missions, where she needs to take time to reflect on herself. And here in this issue, we see that Diana realizes that her powers are her own and she, she realizes that other people want to dictate to her or what they try to take from her. They can't because she's the owner of her herself and the lasso is one of her tools that she uses that the lasso is sort of tied in with her heart and her her soul where the lasso realizes that nobody else can take from diana what is solely diana's yeah i there was a line where she was fighting dr crawford um where she was observing crawford's powers and she was like like a daughter manufactured from pieces of my flesh. She fights with my power, my speed, my valor and resilience in battle, but not my heart. She can take all of that from Diana, but Diana is still her own. Exactly, yeah. Diana, that's the one part of Diana that separates her from everybody else is her her heart and her her soul within her. That's I, I really liked that part of the issue where we see that 
that was one of the distinctions that Shay really wanted to make was that Diana has this undeniable uh, power within her that nobody else can take from her. It is solely her, and that what makes her such a great character. Definitely. And, like, she grew up knowing this power in her. It's not, like, something if, when you just have it, you can magically, like know how to use it and how to deal with it and like mentally and physically Mm -hmm. she is the one who has these undeniable qualities to her and she realizes that she needs to use them for she needs to use them for good and to use that light within her to try to bring light everywhere else because there's so much other areas that have darkness so she needs to she has the she is the one with the ability to bring light to everywhere else um it does look like uh dave messina is doing the next three issues okay nice so we'll see sort of uh some continuity with the uh with the art and the story for the rest of the arc coming up so that'll be nice to see i've actually never i don't think i've seen his or read or checked out his art before so i'm interested to see um how my first impression of his art will be with uh diana yeah i hope i really liked his art on catwoman i hope it's similar to that he has some different styles but or like i mean he does some different things but the catwoman aesthetic was definitely what i liked the best but yeah so august is a kind of busy wonder woman month actually 28 out on the 16th and then on the 23rd it's uh rebirth volume three okay the 29th is uh warbringer the ya book by um leia bardugo yes and then the 30th is wonder woman uh 29 Jeez, that, yeah, we got a lot uh, coming up to talk about. That is great. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, Warbringer, that's for sure. Uh, oh my gosh, so much. Yeah, we're going to definitely do a full full breakdown of that once we both get a chance to read it. I already pre-ordered the audiobook, so I'm waiting for that. And I'll probably get the print version, too, to put in my Wonder Woman collection. <laughs> Which is another thing we'll probably talk about sometime is our personal collections. <laughs> yes, yes, that we came up with the idea. Some of us are hoarders and like to own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. Not hoarders, I... that's rude. <laughs> yeah. But... We're collectors, that's it. Sure. <laughs> I'm just comforted being around stuff that I love. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I have my room completely plastered in art, so that's how I like to live. <laughs> but yeah, so that's some of what we'll be talking about coming up. Coming up, yeah. We will have a, another episode in a little while. We'll have uh, Maya give us a short little recap on FlameCon and see if she picked up some any Wonder Woman goodies. I can tell you yes already. Um, <laughs> well, there's an artist, Trungles, who is fantastic, and he did some great uh, Wonder Woman art when the movie came out, and he's having some prints there, and I'm definitely buying some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. They do a His lot. His line work really. is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing those coming out when he posted them on Twitter and coming leading up into the movie, and I couldn't retweet them fast enough. They were so minimalist in design, but the way that the colors and the line work worked, oh, 
They, uh, it was yeah, so good. It's actually still the uh, lock screen on my iPad. <laughs> nice. I think that will give it a wrap up for us on this episode. As always, you can find us on iTunes. We are part of the Not Saf for Work podcast network. We are on, can be reached over on Twitter at the lasso pod uh you can email us also at the lasso pod at gmail.com and maya why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you uh you can find me on twitter at semi rose and on my blog Firebee fights Excellent. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Mike underscore Audette. And you can also find me with a couple other doing other fandom things in the Star Wars realm. If you are so inclined, wrap us up. I will say that we will see you in a fortnight. I don't know. Whenever, you know, whenever we decide yeah, to do this. Probably um, the week after next. <laughs> Whenever we like to do this whole shebang again, you know. I know. We should, maybe we should have a schedule, but that doesn't seem like either of us. <laughs> nah. We just we like to wing it. We like to surprise you, you know. We'll give surprise you episode, ourselves. Yeah. Give you an episode here or there. You know, it's fun. It's, you know, it's Wonder Woman. It's fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We will say good night then. 